Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Work and real friend Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life and reflect on God's goodness, provision, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Sharif Martin, a wise and wonderful friend of ours, just about her life and God's call on her, what that looks like, waiting for God to to fulfill the dreams and plans He's put on your life, and what does it look like when it doesn't look the way you thought. It is a fantastic conversation, and I really enjoy it. So make some coffee, don't forget to wear your sunscreen, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Be with us, bless this, be with Charisse, bless her, and um, yeah, have your way with this. Would this be what you want it to be? Mm. Amen. 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 Woohoo! Well, Charisse, welcome to the podcast. I feel like this Woo. has been a long time coming. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to start off with some fun facts, but first, Charisse, I remember you when I was in grade three. You're like <laughs> wow. a couple years older than me. I remember yeah. Charisse was like part of the bus patrol mm. team. Mm-hmm. So after Super school, legit, yeah. yeah, after school, Charisse would have her like vest on and she would like direct the flow of traffic. Yes, it was very important for my grade five self. It made me feel very I think big so. and important. Yes, wow. you, saved, you probably saved my life because probably. of it. Probably, yeah. If you have a vest, that like automatically like. Oh yeah. Like, I was like, okay, bus patrol. Like, I thought you meant, like, those students that they, like, because they have no adults on the bus, they, like, mm-hmm. designate older kids to be really yes. responsible supervisors. But, like, you had a vest. We had a vest. We actually had to do, like, a full day of training for it. <laughs> Not Jumbo even hood. lying. We um, we got pulled out of school and took a bus down. I, it felt really far away. I think Whoa. it was probably just Waterloo. Um, but we had to do, like, a full day of training about how to direct the flow of traffic. We wow. were each given stop signs and a vest, and you'd, yeah, we carried them with pride for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for your service. Yes. Thank and, you so uh, much for the recognition. We you. <laughs> I just think it's so funny though, because I think that was like, I knew who you were. That's like one of my first memories of you. That's and here we so are. so funny. Here we are. Wow. <laughs> Years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, so now for the real fun mm-hmm. fact questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Elmira. Born and raised, still there to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. I love Elmira. What is your ideal day? So I was in thinking about this question. I was like, I don't actually really know. Um, but I enjoy like really slow, like long summer days, I think. Like so ideally it'd be like a long summer day. Um, waking up early, having a good cup of coffee. And I really enjoy time by myself first mm. thing in the morning. So like mm-hmm. having an hour of introverted time is always really nice. And then after that, like I kind of feel ready to go and I'm I'm not the type of person to sit still. Like I don't really love to sit still. So I think like it would include probably being outside a lot, hiking, biking, playing in my garden, hanging out with friends and family. Yeah. Love it. It <laughs> sounds like my ideal day too. Nice. Um, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Um, the first one would probably be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh my gosh, mm. I know. Such a good man. Um, his story is just so interesting and just like the passion that he had and that he, like what he walked into with no fear is just 
was amazing. So yeah, we would love to just hear his story, I think, in person. Um, And then the other one is Mother Teresa. I have, um, yeah, a lot of respect for her in the fact that like she lived her life looking for the lost and vulnerable of her, um, like where she was placed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, there's something so beautiful about a life that is um, slow enough and a person who's aware enough to see those people as they Mm -hmm. walk. And I would love to have, yeah, would love to have that attitude in my own life. So I think would just love to hear how she, yeah, how she formed her life in that mm-hmm. way. And then the other one is um, John Martin. So Which one? <laughs> <laughs> so he was the guy um, that originally started Hawksville um, oh, Church, yeah. where like Wallenstein, Woodside, Lincoln Road, Alma, mm-hmm. Citizens, like a bunch of churches like kind of came out of that church. So I would love to just like sit with him and mm-hmm. hear his story and and look at kind of the legacy of the church that he started and what it is now and just get his perspective on that. Yeah. That'd be so mm. cool. Yeah. Very random, but mm. I think he'd be a good man to chat with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where is the best place you've been to? So I'd say hands down the best place was Ireland, mm-hmm. um, specifically yeah. the city of Galway. It mm-hmm. like, there's just was live music around every corner, great food. Like the people were so friendly it was just a really fun city to travel through. Mm-hmm. So, when did yeah. you go? Uh, 20, 2018, I think I went. Okay. 2017, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. It was a ton of fun. Oh, it's on my bucket list. Quite a yeah. few people say Ireland. I'm like, dang. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it's got the best of both worlds because it, it's beautiful and there's beautiful countryside that you can drive through or there's beautiful hikes you can do. But then they also like their cities are just so fun and their nightlife just with their like the pubs and the live music that's mm-hmm. everywhere is just, yeah. Hmm. It's just it's a really fun place to travel. So I'll put another underline under yeah. Ireland <laughs> on the bucket list. Star. Yeah, important. <laughs> if you had a parallel life, so the life that you have now, mm-hmm. complete, you don't have to toss it away, what would you want it to look like? Um, I think I have two. So the first one would be um I would I think I would love to be like a hippie. And like live a bit of a nomadic lifestyle, like get a camper van and just travel around and like, yeah, just live out of a van. I think that would be so fun. (laughs) And then the other one would be, I would love to like own a hobby farm with like big greenhouses Mm. and just have it be a place where people can come and enjoy being Mm. outside. So yeah, those would be my two. I would work at your greenhouse or your hobby farm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I'd hire you. Wow, thank you. <laughs> well, aside from those fun facts, yeah. tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you. Um, yeah. Uh, so I am married to my husband, Dustin. We've been married for about three years. We live in Elmira. And um, currently, I just graduated school last year, and I'm currently Woo. working as a nurse in Listowel. What? Um, so life kind of just looks like right now figuring out how to be a real adult. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I'm not in school in a really long time and yeah, enjoying the flexibility that that brings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. So we're going to go through um, a bunch of different things. We'd love to kind of go back to the beginning, you know, the days of um, bus monitoring and all that stuff. <laughs> bus patrol? Bus, bus patrol, patrol. Sorry, not bus <laughs> monitoring. I'm sorry. Proper terminology here. Ainsley. Sorry, I'm not an Elmira person. I don't know your uh, your specific uh, roles there. Very, mm. very sorry. Um, but just tell us about your upbringing a little bit. What was growing up like for you? Mm. 
so I was born and raised in a Christian home, um, and I am one of five kids. So growing up with that many siblings was like the best and worst thing of my life. Um, my mom still says she remembers the exact day that we stopped fighting, like <laughs> to the day, um, just because it was it was great having that many people around when you wanted that many people around, and then it was frustrating when you didn't. But yeah, we had a ton of fun, um, and my parents were. Um, I always remember just like there being this open door in our house. And so there were always people over mm. um, that my parents were just hanging out with or or loving on um, or just like hearing them out and what was happening in their life. Our dinner table, like my mom would generally cook for about 15 to 20 people just as random people would come. And, mm. you know, as more people came, she would throw another pot of craft dinner on. And that was just kind of like the world I grew up in of like an open door house, which, yeah, I think definitely instilled a love of people in me. Um, but my parents were also like really involved in the church. So I think from a young age, like I always grew up knowing that church was really important and that I wanted it to be a part of my life. Um, yeah, we're also like a little bit crazy and yeah, (laughs) the Weaver family is not normal, I would say, but, uh, it's great. I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember when I was younger, I went to VBS at Woodside a couple of times and I remember like meeting your mom for the first time and yeah amazing lady amazing lady but a little ball of energy (laughs) (laughs) so for you like yeah growing up in a Christian home and your parents uh were examples of what it looked like to follow Jesus when did you make that decision for yourself so I remember, um, I think I was about five and I was sitting on our kitchen island at the time, just asking my mom how I could be sure I would get to heaven. And, you know, she told me like, you pray the sinner's prayer, you accept Jesus into your heart. And then that's how you, you know. And so at the time, like, yeah, hell was like the scariest thing. And it just seemed like a really horrible place, which it is for sure. But, um, so I think like initially I made the decision around five, but it was definitely built out of more just like fire insurance, like ensuring mm. that. I would go to heaven and to yeah. be with my family. Um, and it, um, But I definitely believe at that time that I was truly saved. Um, but my walk with God has definitely been like with each season, with each passing year, like I, I learn a little bit more about him. Well, a good friend of mine describes it as like in faith, we all wear these glasses. And as we kind of walk the journey of faith, we get new lenses that are mm. clear and we see a clearer and bigger picture of God with each new lens. So I feel like that's been really, it's a good description of my faith walk. Mm. Um, from like, yeah, the first time that I accepted Christ to, to now it's just been this like continuous journey of getting these new lenses, Mm. these clear lenses. Yeah. Mm. That's a great metaphor. And I think probably a lot of people can relate to that of like how many of us that grew up in church, Mm -hmm. you know, we, like, I don't even remember when I like, you know became a Christian because I was so young and there was all these like opportunities at kids things to do that. And so I don't even know, I don't have a memory of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people look back and they feel like, Oh, like I missed, like it it didn't matter or it wasn't Mm -hmm. real Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And yet like Jesus is just like, we need to get back to childlike faith and belief. And yes, sometimes we can talk about God and following him for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. when we talk about some of these fire insurance, like there's a, there's like a fine line there, but you know, like knowing that like God started a work in you then and Mm -hmm. that he continues to carry Mm -hmm. it on for your whole life. Like Mm -hmm. you can look back on last year and be like, oh wow, God, you've grown me in that. And like, it never Mm -hmm. stops all the way back from 
when we were little. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And to know that he, like, he saw the expanse of your life at that moment, right? Yeah. That, like, every, like, he's like, yeah, like, you're starting here, but I'm, I'm going to bring you here. Mm. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, what would you say are three of the most forming experiences in your life? Um, so I would say uh, the first one would be, like, um, I counseled at uh, camp, Conestory Bible Camp, Woo. where Jenny and I <laughs> became really close. Um, and that was really formative for me just in that um, I think I learned a lot there. It was really the first time I um, left my parents' home for a significant amount of time, like for mm. a week at a time, stayed overnight somewhere and was responsible for myself. Um, it was also the first time, like, I was surrounded with people who every day we woke up to serve the same God. Um, that's where I learned to worship. It's where I learned to, to like talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I think it was just really formative for me as a person and, and growing my independence, um, from like a young age and my, I think confidence in that I have things to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that was something that was really instilled in us at camp was that, you know, yeah, you're only 15, but you know, you can, you can do this. You can mm. get all those seven-year-olds on the bus alive at 4.30. You can do it. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, uh, the second one would be um, I took a couple gap years after I finished high school. And with my first one, I, I traveled to Zambia, Africa for about seven months. And I was working at um, an orphanage in a school there. And I think that was just, again, like that was, I left my parents for seven months. I, I was quite young. Um, and it it really grew in me a love for, for people um, mm. and a love for, um, for broken people um, and just experiencing culture and a completely different world too was just, it made me really see outside of myself and outside mm. of my little bubble of Elmira. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the third one would be probably, um, I would say the most forming to date has been my marriage. Um, I think it, marriage is like, such a roller coaster of emotions. Um, but I think it's really taught me, um, that like what it looks like, um, on an earthly level to be fully known and yet fully loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's had huge implications on my relationship with, with Christ and, and even just on how I interact with the world to know that, yeah, to feel really secure in a love that someone has for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just see it as a picture of the love that God has for me. Mm. Mm. Over the years, I've so appreciated our conversations. I think we first bonded over (laughs) talking about missions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just came back from Ethiopia or something like that. Mm. And I remember we were sitting on the couch and you're like, Jen, tell me about your trip. I'm like, oh, this girl also loves this kind of stuff too. (laughs) Um, And I know that you have some wild stories from when you were over there um, and just traveling in general. And the other thing I really appreciate is, um, yeah, like your openness and honesty as you wrestled with a lot of things, um, whether, yeah, it's with different relationships, um, honest conversations about marriage and how, you know, Ainsley and I are single that comes with different challenges, Mm -hmm. but there's also challenges that come with marriage. Um, and yeah, I just really, really appreciate your vulnerability and all that mm-hmm. because yeah, that's like doing real life with people. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and in kind of this vein of talking about hard things, mm-hmm. oftentimes seasons of hardships are what lead us closer to Jesus. Um, so how has that been true for you over the years? Yeah. Um, I think when I look back over the seasons of hardship that I've experienced, 
um, they've always brought me back to a place of surrender. Um, and they've always brought me back to, I think, just remembering that, um, that all I need to do is like sit at Jesus's feet and that everything else will be figured out from there. Um, and for me, like, yeah, in the various seasons of hardships that I've walked through, that's been, um, I think really important. Um, but I've also learned in those seasons to, to wrestle with God, to like truly wrestle with him, to, to ask him the hard questions, to, to yell the bad things at him, to, to be completely honest and open because he already knows I'm thinking it. Mm. Um, and so I, that's been pretty key for me in, in growing my relationship with Christ and, and in, um, walking through those hard seasons has, yeah, just been to openly wrestle with that and then let God like minister to me in that, mm. um, and to be present with me and to, to answer my hard questions, yeah. um, as only like a good father can. Um, I was at a conference like not too long ago and one of the worship leaders was just saying his, his theme for that year and the, and the phrase that he keeps repeating over to himself was that I am familiar with God. And I think that's been really key for me as I walk through some hard seasons has just been reminding myself that no, like I, I've wrestled with God. I've asked him hard questions. I know he's good to me. I know he sees me. Like I'm familiar with God. I know my God. And so I can I can continue to walk through hard things or I can, um, yeah, continue to endure hardships because of that fact. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talk more about wrestling with God because that's something that, I don't know, maybe this has been your experience. For me, not so much. But it, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, this is hard to do. What was that? Um, yeah, like how is wrestling with God and like coming to the place where, yep, like this is good. This is healthy. I need to actually do this mm-hmm. in order for my relationship with God to grow. Um, talk about that. Like what what brought you to a place where you're like, I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was um, first, like just realizing that it was like a thing that people in the Bible did quite regularly. (laughs) Like when we look at like Jacob, like he wrestled with God all night long for a blessing. And then we look at Jeremiah and like some of the things that he like yelled at God in his anger and, and exhaustion and brokenheartedness, like, you know, they were like crazy things in their day, but I think it just showed me like, um, how much love and how personal that relationship would have been to them that, you know, that their God, their Lord, the person, um, yeah, like they, their culture was one built out of a lot of hierarchy. And so the fact that they were willing to, to be so blunt and honest was like very striking to me and was like, I, I think it was more so like, I think I just want to try that to see if it gets me anywhere. Mm. <laughs> like I'm not having luck, like <laughs> praying the like, okay, God, like whatever you want or, you know, like, um, I felt like I was just doing a lot of rote prayers and wasn't really getting anywhere as I started walking through hardship. So it really was just like, I think I'm going to try it. And out of that, like, I think pour just this fountain of like, man, there's a lot of things that I don't understand about you. Mm. But again, in the wrestling, like seeing him as good. And I can't even point to like a specific time or a, a specific circumstance where it's like, no, like you're good. But just this like I think just that he felt very present in the wrestling and it was mm. the most present I think he's ever felt to me um, was in, in different seasons of wrestling where, yeah, I'm asking him the hard things. Um, I'm angry with him. I'm bitter towards him. And he's just like, I'm, I'm here and I'm just taking it all in because I'm like, you are mine and I'm yours. And this is, you know, this is what different seasons that I'm calling you into. 
Um, so yeah, I think, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious now too, live like walking through like some of these things and, you know, even talking about wrestling, like, um, like what did you feel like you really learned about God's character through those things? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I learned that he could, he could take anything I threw at him. It wasn't, it didn't surprise him, mm-hmm. um, that he was, uh, a really safe God, um, that he, and a God that like actually cared about my like seemingly small complaints. Cause it wasn't like crazy big things. Sometimes it was crazy big things I was, I was wrestling with, but a lot of the times it was just like little minor complaints <laughs> where you're like, I just don't understand you in this scenario or I'm not getting my way and I really want my way. And I don't understand how you can be good to me if I'm not getting what I want. Um, and so I think, yeah, it was just through the wrestling. I really learned that he's, he's a safe, good God who really wants to enter into those places with us. Mm. Yeah, I think that that is a really formative thing because it's not really the picture that we often get. Even you talk about, like, you know, you think back to those early pictures of, like, fire insurance Mm -hmm. and whatever of, like, a lot of people live in fear of, like, what if I stumble before God? But Mm -hmm. it's more of, like, when you stumble before God, how Mm -hmm. does he greet you in Mm -hmm. those things, Mm -hmm. right? And right from Genesis 1, 2, 3, he, like, comes close when we're in perfectness and when we're in brokenness, right? And Mm Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. What would you say you treasure the most about God? Um, I think it would be that fact of him being like being a safe God, um, that he's a God that we can bring our everything to and he, he takes it and he holds it and he holds it well. Um, he's a God. Um, yeah, that is very present in our brokenness. Like you said, um, he doesn't shy away from it. He actually runs to us in it. Um, and, but he's also an unpredictable God. And I kind of like that about him. Like, yeah, (laughs) being in relationship with him is definitely an adventure. And he's, I think he calls us into things that we never thought we would do. Um, Mm -hmm. but he, he's very, like he holds us in it all. And I Mm -hmm. think that, yeah, that is the thing I treasure, um, the most is just that he's a a really safe, really present God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I can ask, you just said that sometimes he calls you into things that you really didn't think you would be able to do. Like, do you have anything specific that you like know that you're like, ah, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really know if I have anything specific on the top of my head. I think like um, it's more I think I um, imagine my life maybe as like more dramatic or, or more like out there than it is. You know, like I thought I'd be in the middle of Africa um, doing missions, but that definitely has not been where God has placed me. But I think he's given me a contentedness in this season, um, which I didn't think was possible. Hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, that's been, that would be my thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How has God changed your heart in all of this? Like in the wrestling, in uh, coming to a place where like my life doesn't look the way that I thought it would, (laughs) um, in asking him or in t- saying like, this is not what I want. This is what I want. <laughs> like in all of those things, how has God changed your heart? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, he's teaching it to slow down. Um, I think he's teaching it to pause and to, to have eyes only for him. Um, because I think I, I often live in that 
the horizontal view of like, I need people to approve of me. And I think a desire of my heart and a desire of my life has been to achieve greatness, mm. um, to achieve glory in some sense, um, to, to be um, lumped in with these great heroes of the faith that you guys have kind of been looking at in this um, season. Um, to, yeah, to be that person in my own time. Mm. And it did not feel like I am that person at all. Like it felt like God was like, no, it's not, that's not my role for you actually. <laughs> you know, you're just gonna live your nice quiet life in Elmira, um, which I definitely, that has been like what I've been wrestling through with this season. Um, but I think he's just been um, revealing to me like the masks that I hide behind, that that, that that desire for greatness is actually a mask that I, I take on so that people people know that I'm trying to serve the Lord um, so that people approve of me and accept me. Mm. And it, it also manifests into masks of um, like independence and um, and self-sufficiency and just being consumed with how I am perceived by the world. Um, I've been reading a book actually um, called Grace for the Good Girl by Emily P. Freeman, and she put it really well, so I thought I would read it. Um, she says, if my story were a planet, then your rejection of me would be my nuclear holocaust. This fear of rejection drives me hard, eating away at my courage. And so I'm cautious in my love. I am intimate in my faith. My life tells a small story. I long to be seen, but I feel safe when I'm, invis- when I'm invisible. So I stay a good girl and I hide. I hide behind my smile and my laid back personality. I hide behind fine and good. I hide behind strong and responsible. I hide behind busy and comfortable and working hard toward your expectations. And if I do not meet your expectations, I hide behind indifferent. Um, please, by all means, regard me. I beg you to see me, to notice my goodness, to ignore my failure, to be inspired by my beauty, to be captivated by my essence. I want my loveliness to overwhelm you such that you cannot catch your breath. And I feel like when I read that, it was like, man, I feel so understood in that moment. Because I feel like that has been my heart in this season, um, away from God, looking out at the world and just being like, I want you to be captivated captivated by me and what I do. Mm. I want you to look at my life and be like, man, she's such a good person. Like, look at everything she's doing. I want it to be marked by my actions. And I think through the wrestling of like my life, not looking like what I wanted it to, God's just like, do you see that this is a mask you're hiding behind? Do you see that this is something that's taking you away from me and that's taking you away from my feet and away from the rest Um, and surrender that, you know, I've taught you over these years um, through the wrestling Um, and so I think he, yeah, I think that's something that he's been teaching me is just to, to slow down again, to, Mm -hmm. to pause and to really look at why am I, why am I trying so hard in this season? Or like, what, what am I looking to, to be my salvation, to, to make me enough? Um, and a verse that stuck out to me is just Matthew 28, um, or Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I think that verse has just given me so much hope and freedom in the, like, grind that this year has been to be enough Mm. and to accomplish great things where God is just bringing a slowness back and just being like no all I need you to do is just come and sit at my feet and just be present with me Mm. that's a hard thing to say (laughs) (laughs) that's like like for you to be able to say that like 
these are the masks that I hide behind because I want to be seen as good enough or worthy enough or achieve great things. Like that is freaking hard to say. (laughs) And for you to have like the self-awareness to see that in yourself Mm -hmm. and yet also to knowing the truth of who you are, who God is and who you are in Christ. Um, I I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to myself (laughs) included. And that slowness too, that you talked about, like, yeah, I just have to laugh sometimes at myself of like how far ahead I like to run past God thinking that I quote unquote know what's best. <laughs> and um, yeah, to hear how God has shaped you and formed you as you've kind of laid down your hopes and dreams for your life. And even maybe even like some of the expectations that you had for what even living in Elmira would look like mm-hmm. um, is really encouraging. And I see him forming you more into his image through the freaking hard things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how would you say in all this that God is forming you right now? Um, we've been doing a lot of reflecting over the last yeah, couple of years in your life, but how is he forming you right now? Mm-hmm. I think it would just... Um, be kind of like what I explained previously, just that reminder to slow down and that reminder to sit at his feet. And that, um, you know, I think he asked me the question earlier this year of um, if if your plans don't ever work out, you know, if you don't get anything that you've dreamt of in this life, would you still love me? And would I still be enough for you? And I, my answer was like, no, like I have plans and I want to accomplish big things. And you know, nothing's going to stop me. He's like, but what if I have other things for you? Are you going to trust me and walk into those? And so I think it's, um, yeah, how he's informing me in this season is really just that slowing down and being like, okay, God, like what, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me this hour? Like, how do I, how do I serve you in these moments and not worry myself with, with how I'm perceived by others, but just like, what, what do you have for me? And if it's, sitting in the quiet of my house, just like sitting at your feet, then that's great. Like, and I, and learning to do that and learning to see that as a holy practice and not just like, oh, I'm just like wasting time because I don't know what else to do. Right. Like it's, I think often in the church we're we're told to go and do and do, but sometimes we can do too much and we can just exhaust ourselves. And it's, it's not, um, out of Christ leading, it's more just out of our own need to do. Mm. And that's definitely been the story of my life this past season. Mm. Um, and so I think, yeah, just recovering those like unforced rhythms of grace and just that laying down of things and just sitting at his feet, Hmm. which is easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that that theme of like learning to rest, especially how countercultural it Mm -hmm. is. And I think too, like even within like Christian circles, like there's so much pressure to do and to be and to da, 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 da. And like, you know, even like, I think Jen and I probably can relate to you in somewhat of saying, you like, I thought that I'd be in like the middle of Africa right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We've both also been in those places and here we are, <laughs> and all three of us Listable. working in Listowel. Listowel. <laughs> um, and, and like learning, like, am I enough because of what I do or am I enough because yeah. I'm doing what you've called me to do, God. Um, and in those places of actually stopping and um, learning to rest and learning to slow and to challenge those things mm-hmm. of what makes me worthy is it what I do is yeah. hard um what's been helpful for you in that journey whether that's like um 
things other people have taught you in or books or just Mm -hmm. practices? Like what's been helpful for you in that wrestle? Um, I would say this book, um, Grace for the Good Girl, um, has been really helpful in just like, she just lays things out so well. And I think in, in reading it, I just felt really understood. And yeah, it's both like, um, it it's, has a practical element too, which I found really helpful too. And just like, um, she asked really good questions of, and getting you to think of like, what are the masks that I'm hiding behind? Like, what are the things that I'm looking to, to make me enough? Um, and I think the other thing is, uh, has been Lectio 365. Thank Woo! you, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny introduced this uh, to me. And it's been just that that pause, um, even though it's like it's only 10 or 11 minutes, but it just forces you to pause and just like focus on scripture and focus on prayer. Mm-hmm. And that has been really um, great. Um, but also just, I think, in, in sharing what I'm wrestling with and hearing like me too. Like I get that Mm. and just feeling understood in that as well. And knowing that this is like in some capacity or some form, we all kind of wrestle through this idea of like, where does my worth come from? Mm. And I think that wrestle looks different in each seasons. And Mm. I I thought I had finished that wrestle in high school. So I was really surprised to see that it it came again. Mm. Um, But I think in each new season we enter, we look for our worth and we look to be defined by the things Mm -hmm. that are most present to us. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a very human need and a normal need, but yet where you get it fulfilled from yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. No, that's helpful. Well, I'll just give you the the mic. Is there anything else that you'd like to share in lieu of all this conversation? No, I don't think so. No? <laughs> well, in that case, question that we ask everybody, what's the best piece of advice you have been given? Um, I think the first one would be um, to actually like, to wrestle with God. If that's not a practice that you've picked up or that's not um, something like, yeah, you kind of score when that idea comes around, like to actually, to try it, to to ask him the hard questions, to to come boldly to his throne because he, he he's given us permission to do that. He calls us into that. Um, and to be like Jacob and Jeremiah and other people in the Bible who just, who ask him really hard questions mm. and and wait for him to be faithful in his response. Mm. Um, and the other piece would be, um, don't be afraid to go against the grain or to do things that are countercultural. Um, I think when we look at all these big leaders in the church and, and heroes of faith, um, they were all outcasts. A lot of them were outcasts. They did things that weren't normal. They did things that weren't approved of in society or, or even by the church. Um, they were just following Jesus. And I think there's something really beautiful about that and something um, to adopt in that too, that like when our eyes are on Jesus, that's all that matters. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Sharice, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for, um, yeah, your friendship over the years from bus patrol days <laughs> to now. Um, yeah, for your faithful service and the things that you do, like even like from youth camp at CBC to your church to your community, like you guys do that really well. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for your vulnerability too. Cause I think it's something like vulnerability that true transformation happens. Mm-hmm. So to kind of, to know you for the past, oh my gosh, long time <laughs> and how God has shaped and formed you as mm-hmm. you have wrestled and as you have been vulnerable and whatever else, it's, it's been a huge gift. So mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks for so good. Yeah. You can do the outro.
It's not written here. You can do it. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can see more episodes, resources, whatever on... I can't do this. Yeah, you can keep going. <laughs> uh, on our Instagram page at just work friends. Make sure you like and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. And feel free to give us a review to see uh, so we can see what you are enjoying. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, you did great with the outro. Thanks. High five. <laughs> it was new for me. <laughs> <laughs>